Your story influences your business. This is Wingrove Street, an entrepreneurial leaders podcast where we hear the story behind the startup, brought to you by Melbourne Innovation Centre. Hi everyone, David here. At MIC, we are fortunate to work with many outstanding startups and entrepreneurs, and we thought, what better platform than a podcast to tell useful founder stories, learning from their challenges and breakthroughs. This week, we talked to Gert Hendricks, who through AgTech startup Farmwall, is trying to change the world. Onto the podcast. Welcome to the inaugural MIC podcast and we're joined this afternoon on a Friday with the founder of AgTech startup Farmwall, uh, Gerd Hendricks. Welcome Gerd, how are you? Thanks David, I'm good, yes, aside from the winter kicking in and getting colder outside, you can see I'm kind of like... (laughs) It has been very Um, fresh. (laughs) It's been very fresh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't escape it here in the elements. Uh, So... I guess just to jump straight into it, the pitch of Farmwall. Tell us a bit about Farmwall. Yeah, so Farmwall is an agri-food tech startup and we exist to transform our cities into food producing ecosystems. So we want to grow as much food in the city as we possibly can and nutrition. And we're designing the technologies and the business models that are going to allow for uh, food to be grown in the city. Um, and in the meantime, like educate uh, about it and create an experience around food that's going to be much bigger than the actual produce itself. Yeah. And I guess an extension of that about yourself, a bit about your personal journey. And I know I personally know some of the motivations behind your journey, but what was life like for you growing up? And, and tell us a bit about your background. So I grew up in the lovely countryside of uh, Belgium and Europe, um, and I grew up to be a stereotypical uh, Belgian beer salesman, and that eventually led me to Australia through an opportunity in in in, uh, in the craft beer industry that 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 was definitely developing about ten years ago in the, uh, here in Melbourne. And eventually, it was a lot of good fun, but uh, there's only so much purpose in beer in, in one's lifetime. And I think uh, as a student and in, in your 20s, it's all fun and good, but I think that purpose wasn't being met in my 30s. Um, and yeah, I kind of rediscovered uh, the things I loved doing as a kid, which was um, was uh, uh, keeping fish and being outdoors and being in the garden with my grandparents and my parents and that together with with like a drive for more meaningful uh, existence and uh, the desire to make a difference in the world we're heading into uh, kind of led to a decision to one only to do what I love doing and second uh, follow my passions in life and 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 yeah spend my life in creating something that actually brings the meaning and the value that that I believe in yeah well, I think that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? Mm. We're looking for that purpose to give us that that daily drive to get up out of bed and and really make a significant difference. Yeah, um, and exactly. I think I think you can well and truly say that that's what you're delivering on at the moment. 
Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about the tech and the science behind the farm wall itself and also how you came across the technology to kind of as a solution to the problem that you were addressing. Yeah, I might start there. So uh, I, I had already built like a very small clo single loop, closed loop aquaponics system in my backyard uh, a couple of years before uh, starting this journey. But it was always in the in the background because it was kind of like a Saturday afternoon project. Um, and when when I rediscovered uh, my passions, that came to the foreground because when you talk about sustainability and, and uh, aquaponics is such a beautiful example of how a closed loop food system could look like. Um, and the next element that came to, to the table there was imagination, I guess, like how can this, how can this aquaponic science where the fish feed the plants and the plants uh, take the toxics out for the fish and, and, and it's all uh, one closed system, how can we use that and implement it in our day-to-day -day lives where it not only is productive and, 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 and brings, brings us uh, fresh food, but also becomes part of our day-to-day -day living environments and actually uh, becomes a, a joy uh, to look at as well. And that's how Farmall or originally started. It's like, how can we bring aquaponics? And how can we use that? Uh, rather than building one big farm, how can we build a small farm that can go into many places and it can add value in every room uh, possible? Uh, and over time, like, okay, I, I wasn't a, an expert or a scientist or like that. So uh, I was very lucky to meet the right people, like, um, to help br bring bring that together and, and to, that were very, very knowledge and skills in the field of aquaponics and, and, and technology. Uh, and over time, like, other tech came in like iot and and, and ai and, and like, like system and enge system engineering and mechanical engineering and uh and sensor technology and that, that's all part of a formal now uh and it, it continues to grow so i see formal a bit like like an iphone mm -hmm. uh and like like and, and like an ios update like it's never a finished product it's never uh something that's that you build and it's ready it's it's ever evolving and um think of every new model that with every model that we make there's upgrades from hardware and software perspective and that's um, evident in any successful tech yeah. business globally you yeah. you need to keep iterating and and you've definitely done that from uh you know again from personal experience having seen what farm wall version one looked like to what farm wall looks like now yeah. in some of your major installations it's really come a long way hasn't it uh, yeah it has definitely come a long way and, and and yeah there's a much longer way to come uh, and i'm very excited about that and as we learn more about our business model and and we we're out out in the market validating and we learn what doesn't work and what, what does work and when we follow the path of least resistance uh, we learn more and more and that's very exciting especially now that sensor and, and now that we're collecting data that process actually accelerates because uh, you learn a lot more about the environment farmers are in, uh, about the energy spending. We've, we're just about to finish a life cycle uh, assessment, which is going to show the carbon footprint that we currently have. Um, and from the moment we've got all that data in front of us, we can start making better decisions to fine tune that and to to, to really work with it. That's that's uh, luxuries we didn't have at the start. Or just prototyping with with Bunnings wrecking and <laughs> yeah well I guess I, uh, tell us about that tell us about 
not necessarily just building that initial prototype, but you've got that initial prototype, you've got it out in the marketplace. Um, what was it like receiving that ad- initial anecdotal feedback and, and how did you take that on board and, and how did that contribute to version two, version three? Yeah, so what we did initially was, was we, before we even built a prototype, was making a 3D render. And with that 3D render and a letter of intent, we went out to cafes and restaurants and spoke to chefs and 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 uh, would would you be interested in using this? And you know, we learned very quickly that that at the time it was it was twice the size of what it is now. We learned very quickly that that a chair and uh, like a, a table and two chairs can be very valuable. So you, you can't take up a lot of space. Yes, it has to fit through a door, through 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 an elevator, through like, like all, all these different elements. We we learned very early in the process um, by going out and knocking on doors because you're making an assumption. You got a dream and an ID, and that's very cool. But um, yeah, by being open for feedback, it, it actually. And, and actually going out that can improve very quickly and by adjusting it um, it becomes a better model over time yeah and that process again doesn't st- doesn't stop either so we still like now working with corporates and working in schools the demands of what a unit needs to be doing con- content- con- continuously changes and or not necessarily that the previous is being added to let's say it that way yeah. well well let's talk about that then so the, the initial phases, the early adopters, and you had some fantastic supporters here in Melbourne mm-hmm. in terms of that early, the early installations and that early validation within venues. And then you've changed tack slightly um, and this corporate opportunity evolved. So tell us a little bit about firstly that, that initial stage within venues um, and then moving to this, um, what, what we're referring to as a sustainability as a service model. Um, mm-hmm really interested in that yeah so um uh, we we learned that that going out like initially our market was chefs uh within restaurants and we learned that that market is a very hard market to crack uh one there's certain demands on produce that the leaf have to has to be exactly this size um, has to be that look, looking like this, looking like that, and it has to be in a certain price point. To, and as hospitality um, really strives after a certain uh, food to food to cost ra- ratio, um, it's hard to to add experience to that because it's mm-hmm. purely about the produce that it generates. And then the farmer can produce quite a lot of produce. Uh, but often microgreens, which we're growing in a farm mall, would only be used as garnish. Yes. So it was very hard for us to make a farm mall profitable for a venue. Uh, and that's why we were initially successful with the early adopters. But what we've learned afterwards is that it's probably two to three years too soon to actually uh, go hard on, on, on cafes and restaurants because at this moment, the market of microgreens isn't large enough. And at, at the same time, we were pitching towards investors and they were all about scale, scale, scale. How are you going to scale? How are you going to scale? And we didn't have the answers ready. Um, that eventually led to, to thinking outside the box, thinking more in a membership slash experience model, which was larger than than, than, than just a farm model, which... Uh, 
and in, when meeting Mervec and pitching that idea towards their mission uh, to turn car parks into into urban farms, uh, we were able to deliver on that, and we learned uh, about the market that was developing in corporates where uh, larger problems than than the packaging of microgreens were were, were showcasing themselves. Problems like um, attracting millennials, problems like uh, employee well-being, providing a, a, like a future-looking workspace, uh, but also sustainability and 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 how a, a company is, is portrayed as being sustainable or not. And we discovered that a farm wall could be a very efficient tool into uh, education about sustainable food production, but also being a fully like yeah, being in a closed ecosystem or that, that 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 mimics nature, and and being zero waste. I'm not talking about the energy going into it or or the, or the, or the liters of water that we need to top it up with, but it 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 helps bring that picture, and 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 it has very quick results in the terms of brand equity towards towards sustainability. Um, and yeah, farm is a, is a it's been a subscription subscription service from the start and that's still the case today it's uh the value proposition that has changed yes. in that uh, rather than literally just providing food to the chef it's now providing food to people in an office environment it's providing nutrition because uh, microgreens have but have much more nutrition than their fully grown counterparts because it's dense and it's at a stage where the plant has the most nutrition in its lifetime so and in the process of growing it we create education we create mental health we lower stress levels we create brand equity so that little plant while in the restaurant it would grow and get used in a corporate environment it grows like and it gets gets used as well but it creates 15 times more value in the process of doing that and i um, i was fortunate enough to get the experience to see that firsthand at, at mervac headquarters in yep. martin place and could see the uh the amplified atmosphere really around what you were providing and it was more than just access yeah. to fresh microgreens it was this this whole movement i guess that the organizations looking at um you know pushing throughout the whole organization um yeah. and and towards their corporate partners as well and so i guess that's where the opportunities yeah. keep extending themselves for you and for farm wall um you touched upon investment in the middle of that piece there um, it's something that we get asked about all the time here at the incubator at Melbourne Innovation Centre um, and everyone has their own experience. Um, investment for you and, and how, I guess, Farmwell's journey, you know, we all require capital and cash to keep our organisations moving forward. Um, what's that experience been like for you um, and, and what's the reality like for startups in, I guess, in, in the context of Melbourne? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the most challenging elements of, of a startup, especially if you've never come from that, that area of fundraising. Um, in one end, you can go on down the path of like grants and likes with uh, a lot of risk because it's time consuming. It's uh, often competitive. And because we're such a different business, we never fit into a square. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not. And um, so up until today, we haven't successfully gotten, except from a bit of R and D grants, but we haven't successfully we haven't raised a dollar through grants, um, which you could question. Then 
towards the system and the, and the, and the government like why does a startup like us we could have another couple of podcasts on that very topic doesn't f- <laughs> do, doesn't fit into any any of anything that's being offered and yes. can't succeed into getting support from 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 the government so innovation support um there's definitely room for improvement there um and then like when you're doing something innovative and new like investors in australia they aren't necessarily adventurous um so raising capital in a, in a model like what what we're doing is extremely hard if if i was going to open a cafe or a, 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 a gym or whatever model that has been done before it would probably be relatively doable uh but we've got to fight for it and fight for it very hard um to showcase that what we got is actually going to be scalable and is going to return the funds that that uh, that we claim it will be, and everybody around us sees the opportunity and feels the opportunity and can see that what we're doing has a lot of traction. But when it comes down to investing dollars in it, it's a it's a it's a different story. And that led us to to look for funding in a way where we we look for organizations that can fund us that have other benefits other benefits from supporting us rather than just seeking a 10 10 times return yes because unfortunately if people are looking for a 10 times return an egg tech business takes 10 15 years to build yes an egg tech business is a business model that's longer to takes longer to develop than any other tech business but when it's developed you'll have a much longer return from that uh not only from from a financial perspective but also from an impact and uh and um an environmental perspective so i wouldn't say necessarily that fundraising as a as making the efforts for fundraising is uh is hard but the extra burden you carry being an innovative business that's trying to change the world and how that's not supported through existing policies and uh, and mindsets in government and in funding because it's always about the triple bottom line yes um and if you talk to impact investors it's the same thing <laughs> triple triple bottom line and then impact but never yes. impact and then triple bottom line so and so we continuously challenge and it, that's the blessing of of all of this to come up with better business models and Serena and myself have been literally like for the last two years, like accelerating through the landscape, continuously working on, on our business model and on the validation and uh, very, very quick, fast paced. And I think that's been our blessing so far, but it also, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's become stressful at times to really always having to gain that amount of traction to show what you got is actually worthwhile to actually come to a point where we're going to be supported by organizations that uh, that can give us the 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 support from a, from a financial perspective to to actually deliver on 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 what we what we need to deliver. Yeah. I guess that leads me to another question now. So when I think about Farmwall, I think that it's obviously got a very grand vision uh, and and a really tough. Um, execution model in terms of the amount of effort required and, and really you're changing mainstream attitudes around 
around what food growing within our cities can look like and, and obviously all of those flow-on effects that you've talked to. Um, but at the same time, the model's receiving a lot of attention. So um, there are a number of people who are very interested in the model. Anyone that I talk to about Farmwall always want to know more. They would have come down here to MIC Alphington and have a look at it in practice. How are you balancing that kind of that extra effort required to continue to market, to tell the story, to get it out into that mainstream audience, hmm. to say this is what this is what we can do, this is what's possible, but at the same time being able to focus really on the day-to-day tasks of of looking at the business model of how you execute on a day-to-day basis and hitting those milestones. Yeah. Um, and I know we had the conversation prior to you coming in and I said, do you have the 15, 20 minutes to chat today? Because I know you're incredibly busy. Mm. How are you finding that, that, I guess, that tension and struggle between where you allocate your, your scarce resources, yeah. really? Yeah, and one element and one reality of urban farming and growing food in the city is that it's extremely labor-intensive on yes. top of that as well. So even though like it, another tech business can, can streamline itself with, with, with two or three people, we at this stage need eight, nine people yeah. um, to do what we're doing. Um, so it often means that we're, we're very thin spread. Um, and not because we want to be thin spread, but because when you're traveling at that velocity uh, and you need to travel at that velocity to prove what you need to be proving, uh, you can only do the best you can with what you got. And um, you got to have a bit of faith that what you're doing at the time is not always rationally the right thing, but it, le- it leads to the next and to the next and to the next. And I think just only but a week ago now, uh, we've really, really found our sweet spot and our direction and we've, we've laid a strategy for the next 10 years. And we know exactly where we're going. Um, and systems are now going to be put in place. And that's that's realization when you're when you're in a startup and you're consi- consistently bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. It's by trying to systemize it all the way through, you, you're just wasting time because it's changes. Because yes, it's changing uh, and, and so by, rapidly. By, by, by keep writing business plans all the way through, you're just wasting time because it's like the name of the week after you're writing a new business plan. It's like you just overwhelm yourself with with documentation and with with data so and when you know it's ready to do all that you feel it and 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 you kind of you get kind of get it. i think we're at a point now where we can see very clearly in the next 10 years what we're going to do how we're going to get there and what and what's what it's going to take it's now yeah it's maneuvering all that that we've created and our whole story in that that direction that's uh again when the, when the clock is ticking and <laughs> And, and where you only have so much time and and, and resources, uh, it's like yeah, it's it's very exciting and very and, and thrilling, but it's also uh, scary and uh, tiring uh, to to really manage all of that uh, correctly. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to having everything a bit more streamlined, having everything better funded, and and like being able to manage the team in that direction yeah yeah and i guess when you've got that security around that funding and we were talking earlier off off air about 
about having that, I guess, a little bit of clear air and a little bit of time. Um, yep. you know, we often talk about runway, having that longer runway to really, yeah. really get down to yep. the execution. And I guess just, just to jump off that topic for a second, but, um, and I guess leaning on, leading on from the earlier question around your time, um, You've participated in a number of um, incubator and accelerator programs as you've gone on iterating the model. Um, what would be your advice to entrepreneurs out there who are who are looking at applying for an accelerator program? And I guess where that differs, the offering there versus mm-hmm. what you experience within potentially an, inc- an incubator like Melbourne Innovation Centre and what those two things look like from, yep. through your eyes. Yeah, my first advice would be stop looking start doing straight away yes i think up until now our journey has been carried by incubators so from the difference incubator to rocket cedar through melbourne innovation center through then later on bridge hub and now we're talking to Austrates regular on a regular basis about the landing pads in singapore and and what what that's going to do for us in the future so i think acceleration is is an is a need uh, because it forces you to look at your business model in a very proven way and it makes sure that you take the time to validate what you're doing and and validate your assumptions um, and this well the support you're getting through that on a day-to-day basis and I think an accelerator is not something you go into for two months and then move on I think all the accelerators and the people we've got around us they're continuously around us and um, our whole network we only if we run into okay uh, we should probably ask more questions but like like everything is only two people every problem is only two phone calls away to being solved it's excellent um, and it just provides us with like with with the confidence and the and the and the backbone the backbone to, to to be able to do what we're doing. I think if you would take accelerators out of our picture and if we were in a space where and, and where we didn't have that support around us and we all had to figure it out ourselves, uh, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been around. So um, that's, yeah. I can definitely recommend doing one to even multiple accelerators for every startup business around here. And I think that's what we're seeing evidence of of the really successful startups in Melbourne at the moment is that they have had a number of experiences across a range of accelerator programs. And I was having this conversation with a number of founders last night at our Darabin Pidgeot program in that they they pick up one to two really key points or contacts from each accelerator program that help drive their business forward. Um, And I think it's also down to the attitude of the founders themselves to have an open mind that we may Absolutely. cover off on material that we've, you know, we may have completed a value proposition yep. canvas 15 times, but each time it's going to look vastly different. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And, and, and the, that, I guess, that openness and that, that willingness to continue to learn and adapt and develop yep. is, is what we yep. see as a consistent theme among successful startups. And, and no business is an ID. I want to say that as well. Every business is a journey. And in that journey, you choose a direction, and that direction changes um, on a regularly basis. Um, and feedback from other people, or like input from other people, is extremely important uh, to keep turning that path in another direction. Um, so it's, I think it's 
often people avoid from having starting a business because they think they need an ID. And I think just that mindset is is already stopping like eighty percent in their tracks because it's not about that. Like just choose a direction of what you believe in, what you want to change, join an accelerator and 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 make a decision to keep going and then um through the hard times, whatever times uh that are coming along. And then I think everybody can can add value to the to the world. And I was at a at a at a at a, at a panel yesterday and we we were talking about a similar similar subject that like Ernst Young has, has proven that 71 of 71% of consumers would make the right choice towards a more sustainable product if it is convenient to, to them if it's presented to them in a convenient way so that means that there's an enormous market opportunity at the moment in every direction that we look at for our day-to-day life to be redesigned in every direction because everybody is aware, everybody is wants to make a different decision, but there's nothing there, or there's not enough there presented to for consumers to make make a better choice. So, if more people would s- step into accelerators and with the decision to make a difference, there's plenty there's plenty of opportunity out there. There's there's, there's enough market out there. People are waiting. People are hungry. Everybody's watching the movie 240. But then go back to their busy lives with, with kids and school and jobs and everything turns back to do the same the next morning. While if people have options to change things by better offers in their day-to-day life, which are convenient, large elements of change can be made. And it's not going to depend on governments or politics. It depends on uh, people getting in incubators and, and get, making them their dreams come true and being supported. Yeah. And I think that that's a really um, key point from today's discussion is mm. that it's about people like you and Serena who are willing to invest your skills and talents and your passion for particular topics and subjects to actually make a difference. And it requires a significant amount of effort. So. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like like we could use all the support we we, we can get in the future as well. Like uh, it's it's not it's a, like I said as well. It's a journey. And a journey is not one to be stepped into for six months or for a year, but for for quite a long time to come. Yeah. And I think that's often lost on people as well. The idea that you can participate in an accelerator program, achieve that early stage validation, launch business quickly, and then you're off. Yeah, uh, and it's definitely not the case. There yeah. are no overnight success yeah. stories, um, and and I think that that's a really key learning as well. Yeah. Um, I guess what we'll, what we will do from the podcast is we'll put a lot of information about Farmwall in the description um, of the podcast. So for those who want to learn more, and and we'll put some ways of getting in contact with you, um, mm-hmm. and and some of the methods in which you want to engage with people within the yep. description. Um, so. With that, I'll let you get back to your busy day. Um, and thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being our inaugural guest. Um, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Very, thank you for allowing me to tell the story. And uh, yeah, hopefully can, we can inspire people one at a time to, 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 join, the, to join the party. I think uh, there's no doubting that. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks Appreciate it. Ta. Bye.